Where did I park? Where did I park? Welcome to another journey in trying to find out where did I park? I'm your host, Chris, better known as CP, and I'm here to park some of my thoughts and feelings so I can clear my head and get my life together. So here goes nothing. So how's your Black History Month going? Are you learning something new? Are you recalling something forgotten? Are you teaching somebody? Have you checked out my list of past highlights? Head on over to my blog and see who I've shed a small light on in the past. There's still a few weeks left, so there's more figures to come. And also, shout out to a couple of Black History Waymakers in the current. I guess you could call them Black Presents. (laughs) Anyways, happy birthday to my best friend, who will one day be on the who's who of important black people in our time if he's not there already. And additionally, shout out to Matthew Cherry. Not only shout out to him for winning the Oscar in his film short, Hair Love, which is about a father, specifically a black father, and connecting with his daughter through learning how to do her hair. But also a huge shout out to him for repeatedly calling his shot on Twitter and on the internet. Maybe he already had the confidence for being a professional athlete, but he had been calling his shot since he had been retired from the league. So shout out to him for believing in his product that much. And shout out to him for being right. It was a great short film. I think I'm all in on the short films, too. Obviously, with respect, Kobe's basketball short was real good. Hair Love, of course, was good. That's why we're talking about it. And then the short last year on Disney Plus called Float, about the uh, dad learning how to deal with his child being different and still getting ready to support him. That was really good, and it was touching. And then uh, what was the other one? Oh, Bow, about the mom who uh, had a tight relationship with her son. Those little seven minute clips, man, they're really tremendous. I wonder how much work goes into that and how much different it is from actual other films. I guess just timing, but I like them. I mean, of course, there are plenty more than that, and I'm sure all of them aren't that good. But I appreciate the ones being uh, good that stand out. But anyways, man, that's like such a big deal. Shout out to him. Shout out to Matthew Cherry and shout out to the many other faces of black history. The crazy thing is my job is actually setting out some black history stuff too. I looked on the little video monitor and they had a whole bunch of slides. They weren't breaking the mold. You know, they had some of the basics. They had some of the uh, regular known people, but still that's more than I've ever seen before. Shoot. Now all we got to get them to do is give us Martin Luther King day off. Well, that's a dream amongst dreams, I guess you could say. But anyways, in today's thought, When does history transfer to the present and who will step forward for the future? I don't know all the answers with that personally, but as we get older, I think it's time to realize that it's our time. We're paving the way for the people behind us. It's crazy because I've spoken about it before, but our hero's journeys are really coming towards an end. It's time for these soldiers to get their honorable discharge. But it also means that it's our turn for the spotlight. Hell, we might actually be too late, but that's okay. It's not a race. 
But it is a calling and it is a duty. Not call of duty. But it's important that you recognize that your spot in taking charge and charging forward with it. I forgot who said it, but the word was that you might be a couple games back. But as long as you've got breath, you're still in the game. And for the Bible scholars, I think it was in Isaiah chapter six, where God said he's looking for volunteers. And I said, here I am, Lord, send me or choose me. Something about it. He volunteered anyway. But if I ain't get that right, don't condemn me. It's close enough. It's probably just from a new translation that you haven't read yet. Pastor verse expert extraordinaire 3000. (laughs) But anyways, as for you footballers, here's another example. There was quarterback Deshaun Watson, who after being interviewed during the playoff run this year, he said, somebody's got to be great. Why not me? And I agree. Why not any of us? So last week, in the spirit of being great, I talked about living life with no regrets. And I think that the key takeaway from that was make sure that, you know, you are doing your best to make sure there's nothing else that you left out there. Do the best that you can so that you'll never feel like uh, you didn't leave it all on the table or out on the field or in the classroom or whatever you were supposed to do. And yeah, that's all good. I agree. I'm glad I said it. And in a perfect world, everything would work out like that. But I think in the nuance of life, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. So I think there's something involved where you have to recognize that there could be regrettable situations. Nobody's perfect. Wishing the ball bounced differently is okay, But dwelling on it isn't really good. And consistently leaving things with not your best stuff on the field or Not doing your best in all that you do is a trait you really don't want to take on. So having said that, I think there's some definite things in our lives where you can see people have lived with no regrets or they've learned to embrace the the wishing and wanting for something else, but not dwell on it. For example, how'd you guys feel about the power finale? All the wishy-washy up and downs about is it still a good show? What they do to the intro? What are people doing? I think it turned out okay. Uh, I also figured out that that's not one of those things that's must-see TV for me anymore. I definitely didn't have any regrets about that. I found it was much much more interesting to listen to recaps and read what people had to say about it and just see um, how things unfolded and how people's opinions formed on it versus me having to sit there and watch it. It's kind of interesting to see that way and hear my friends talk about it before I actually see it. I guess it's kind of cheating going through and not being surprised by anything. But uh, I don't know. There's a certain piece in going through a show like that where you can just see how it unfolds and form your own opinion on it. But I think they left it out on the table pretty good. Obviously, they got uh, spinoffs coming, but I think they did a good job of closing it, even if I don't think they did a great job of leading all the way up to there. But that's just one example. Oh, while I'm on that point of checking out recaps and uh, hearing things secondhand instead of watching them myself, I tried that mass Singer. I know my sister watches it faithfully. It was on after the Super Bowl, and I thought that one, uh, whatever he was, I can't remember at this point, but I thought he was Rob Gronkowski. Um, it's an interesting show. I see why people get hooked on it. It seems kind of fun. Lil Wayne was the robot. I don't know why they couldn't understand who that was. Once I heard him, I was like, oh, that's Wayne. Or maybe they just do it for the comedic relief or 
you know, to keep the show going. But it's pretty interesting. I can see why people get hooked on it. I told myself I was going to jump in the fray and be part of the mass singer crowd. I liked the response I got when I started saying stuff on the Internet. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch with y'all. I'm going to be live. And I haven't caught it since. I couldn't even tell you what day it comes on. I just hear when people start to do recaps or see when the articles pop up. And I just kind of follow along with that. Seems pretty cool, man. But I don't know if I'm missing anything too drastically. Um, I don't know if I had the time to pick up any new shows. I'm Obviously, I'm really into podcasting and just, I don't know. I don't want to be a slave to the couch like I used to be and try to see everything and try to download everything and try to, you know, make sure I had everything on point. It's not that necessary. So I'll just wait till my sister puts a Facebook status telling me that something big happened and then I'll go from there. Same thing with the broom challenge. I wanted to do it. I just forgot. And we got old brooms. And by the time I pulled a broom out, then I would have been like, well, shoot, I just need to sweep the floor. And shout out to all the haters who are like, you can do that any day. You just have to. Like, who cares? Just let people have fun. Enjoy your brooms. Enjoy shows like The Masked Singer. And uh, I'll enjoy reading about it once it's all done. Shout out to everybody's cool pictures. I put up one. I'm sure some people didn't understand what it was, but most people that did, they, uh, they're they human and they, they were alive in the 80s and 90s. So they got it. But anyways, man, where did I park? I think I actually do have one big regret and either it's a, a regret or a negative mark in life or just something I wish I could have done better uh, in hindsight and I guess in foresight too. And that's fixing stuff. Honestly, I wish I were just better at it. Electronically, I'm pretty solid. Without stepping on anyone's career path, I'm uh, I'm pretty solid in front of a screen. Coding, programming, I can do that. Um, any type of application on a computer, dealing with PowerPoints to Oracles to different softwares, I'm good. And uh, you know, a few trips to Excel Hill can always humble you, of course. There's always somebody that knows more than you. There's always somebody that knows a trick that you don't know, but I can hold my own pretty well. Honestly, it's been a flaw at sometimes. I've had projects be moved to somebody else because I've been too valuable as the friendly neighborhood computer guy. And anyone in IT understands that nobody has patience for all the basic to do's and complex situations that people put you into that they need right away and they don't understand why you just can't plug it in or click a couple of buttons and it worked perfectly, especially in like database management. People are jerks. I need everything in the world. I basically need the library at the click of a button so I can put it on this PowerPoint slide that nobody's going to watch and I'm not going to need it anymore. And I need it now. Oh, if you needed it now, you should have done it, sucker. But anyways, I'm not going to do that. But all I'm saying uh, is I do pretty okay there. But where I suck at is fixing things like around the house. Homeownership has been humbling, to say the least. Well, we still lived in apartments. I had some really cool maintenance men. They would fix anything and everything within like an hour. You could leave. They'd hook it up for you. They'd lock your doors. They were cool. Um, They liked our little dog, so they'd pet him. Uh, If they uh, scared him and he peed, they'd help wipe it up or they'd leave him some treats. Like, man, they were just really nice guys. They were trusted. Um, They wouldn't wow you out either. I mean, like I said, 
they'd lock up for you. Maybe they knew somebody was watching or maybe they just thought you were cool, but they wouldn't really steal from you. And of course, I'm not talking about every single person. I'm sure there's some maintenance men where you couldn't trust with anything. But uh, the ones that I've experienced are pretty cool. I even had one at my old, old apartment uh, help me get a bird out. A bird got uh, stuck in the, uh, the little dryer vent and Stephanie was at my house and I wasn't home yet. And the bird was flying through there and leaving droppings and the maintenance man like helped get the dude out. So like I've just had some really cool experiences. They'd leave me like little cleaning hacks and little cleaning equipment things that they'd use, whether it's some uh, super high powered um, drainage cleaner or just something that they use that they don't sell everywhere else. They were just cool dudes, man. I really miss them. I guess you can tell by the way I'm talking about it. But that was just my personal experience. But as soon as you move into your own house, the maintenance man no longer works for you. The closest you'll get to him is when you see him at the gas station. Man, now I'm the maintenance man and the lawn man and everything else. And that stuff is hard, man. Like, this isn't a knock on my upbringing or anything. Well, maybe it is. But that just hadn't been my groove. I know the very basic of basics. Even when I know what I'm doing, it still takes forever. Speed is not what I'm good at. I used to take pictures of the things that I fixed around the house. But the hardest part about it is the pics from before and after were so far apart. I was embarrassed and too, I was tired. Also, all my fixes weren't as fixed as they should be or could have been. It's always a screw that gets stripped or some little piece that misses or in just some direction that I misinterpreted. Maybe it's me in directions. Everything looks like Ikea to me and I'm pretty sure some of it is basic. I guess I just don't pick it up as well as I should, but it's just hard. Sometimes it's as simple as plumbing issues, the toilet or uh, something in the shower head. I got that. I can do that. And once I get going, I, I can get in a groove. But those initial screws and unscrews, I always feel like something's going to happen or something always does happen. Um, it's always a model that isn't compatible with. Um, the things in my house. So I got to either get an adapter or get a new model or uh, there's just always something else to do that nobody accounts for. And it's like 99% of the time you have a version A, B, or C, you're good to go. But for the 1% that has version D, you're going to need to get this other thing. And then the other thing is just ridiculous. So it always costs more. It's always some type of fix that I can't get straight. My current fix is the garage door. It's giving me a whirl of a time. I thought I did it right. thought I had the fixes in place, but you know, it doesn't work. And right now we are uh, in the driveway and I'm not very happy about it. It really kind of gave me a mental health episode. Like I was exhausted. Um, I was upset. I was frustrated. I just felt like it was a symbol for like more things going on in my life. I just had one of those feelings where I couldn't do anything right. And I couldn't get anything going the way I wanted it to go. And uh, it just bothered me. It really just had me in a dark place for a minute. Maybe not dark is the right word, but just a sad place. I just felt like it was bigger than um, just the garage. But at the same time, it was still just the garage. I just feel like, you know, my wife is counting on me and the kids are counting on me. And yeah, it's just the garage. But like you go in the garage, you you bring the car all the way in. It's easy if it's cold to get the kids inside. It's a safety thing. Sometimes we you know, get up early or I got to go to work and just like 
there's just so many things that you need to have uh, in place and the absence of having them in place just bothered me, especially because I was cooking at first. I was going so well. Things were going smooth. Things were going slow, but they were going smooth. And then out of nowhere, I got hit with this little snafu and uh, couldn't quite figure it out. So that bothered me. Uh, it bothered me a little bit, to be honest with you. But um, it's just another notch in the chain, I guess, of hard things for me to do. They're probably easy for everybody else. All the boxes say like one hour or 90 minutes and it takes me a whole day. It's just a problem. I used to feel the same way about the lawn, but I got pretty decent at it. Once I got in a groove and, you know, it's not obviously my first time cutting grass. I cut grass as a kid and all that stuff, but just the repetition and getting the lawn to look the way I wanted it to look, uh, taking advice on seeding and um, getting everything in order. It got good. It's just time was never on my side. I found myself at some point with an old job having to leave work a little bit early on Wednesdays to cut it so that it'd be done and bagged up and ready to go by the time the trash people got there on Thursdays. It just became inconvenient and you never had time and you want to spend your Saturdays, you know, with your family or taking the boys to sporting events or something like that. And I'd have to use that as like my backup cleaning day for the, the yard. And then I just couldn't give it the time I needed to give it to get the results that I wanted with constant watering and lawn. So I ended up hiring a guy and he was really, really good. And I even put him on to a couple other people. He was my guy. And it's funny. People were like, man, I need a lawn guy. I need this, that, and the third. And I was like, I got a guy. I'm a fun guy. I got a guy. You need to get my guy. And I basically maxed out all my little discounts from referrals. So that was cool. But then I got laid off or fired or I don't know, one of those things, whatever you want to call it. I lost my job. And so I had to lose my guy because he didn't work for free. So the lawn I was OK with, I think gardening is my next big challenge. Um, I'm good at green beans. I actually got some peppers this year. Uh, we'll see what I can come up with this next year. But, you know. To let you in on some of my goals that I talked about before, one of my goals is to get about three or four things going garden wise. So we'll see what I can get going. Obviously, green beans counts because I know what I'm doing with that one. I don't know why I'm good at that. Maybe I'm jacking the, the beanstalk, but I do have a Jackson. At any rate, I don't know why. So I'm going to see what I can do with these other vegetables. I haven't had the best luck, but I know all the maintenance plans are different. So maybe it's me and I just need to get used to it. But the yard I'm good at. I already talked about some of my house woes. I didn't get into half of them because uh, they're depressing. But um, just pray for me on this garage and all that stuff. Now, the biggest thing that I just can't get right to save my life is cars. And yes, I am from Michigan. Yes, that is the Motor City right around right around where I'm at. And yes, I've done internships and worked, you know, with General Motors. And yes, a lot of my family works for the car companies. And yes, everybody else's family works for car companies in Michigan. And no, I can't do much on cars. It's a fatal flaw. I know back in the day that was what you like determined your manhood with. And like when you were 11 or seven or something, your dad took you out there to, you know, fix spare tires and change oil and replace carburetors and build an engine from scratch. 
Man, that just wasn't my life, man. Maybe I played too much Nintendo. Maybe I was too good at sports. Not really, but maybe I was too active. Um, I don't know. That wasn't me. That wasn't my life. That wasn't my ministry. Yes, obviously I can pump gas. Yes, I can change oil. Yes, I can change the tire. You know, I can get out of danger a little bit, but I don't, I, I ain't got you when that check engine light comes on. I ain't got nothing for you. I've even, I don't know. I've had some car troubles in the past with my old cars and from the cars I switched into. But whenever I go to the mechanic, I always feel like I'm getting God. I just always feel like I'm getting had. Like I could go in there for windshield wiper blades. And next thing you know, you know, my car can't make it out the lot. Or I go to get tires and next thing you know, they're like, well, you know, your brakes. And so then, you know, you get your brakes and then they're like, well, you know, your rotors and you get your rotors and they're like, oh, Yo, you know, your alignment and you get your alignment. They're like, oh, Yo, you know, your oil. And I'm like, I just came back from my oil. They're like, oh, my bad. You're right. Well, you know something else. And it's just it's maddening. I used to get so mad um, when you get your oil changed. They want to hit you up and say that you need an air filter as well, which is cool and which is partly true a lot of times. But it just used to get on my nerves so much because one day I, I bring the car in, get an oil change. I come back like an hour later, maybe an hour and a half later. I'm like, yo, what's up? They're like, oh, we tried to call you. And I'm like, I got my phone in my hand. No, you didn't. And they're like, oh, uh, well, the guy that tried to call you, he left already. So maybe he lied. And I'm like, OK, thanks. But <laughs> when they try to put your car on hold. Oh, when they put your car on hold, basically, because you weren't there, even though they told you to drop it off and it'll be ready in an hour. They're like, oh, well, we wanted to hear from you to make sure you wanted an air filter or not. And I'm like, yeah, I did. You you didn't have to do all that. Just do it. Oh, my bad. So then the next time I go in there, I'm like, yo, give me an oil change and just go ahead and change the air filter. If it is, I can, you know, I got it. It's all good. Not going to be a big deal. And. Then you come back an hour and a half later and they talking about, well, we didn't start it yet because uh, you really didn't need an oil filter. So or an air filter. So we didn't want to make you pay for that. So we just wanted to let you know. I'm like, I think y'all just want me to have my car stuck up in here so I can be inconvenienced and y'all can charge for time and labor and all this stuff. Uh, and that's just the basic stuff. Once they figure out that there's something else wrong or there's some extra diagnostic that they want to charge you for, it's just a big hustle. And I can't fight it because I don't know enough about cars and all the inner workings. But second of all, even with all the videos in the world and tutorials and, you know, how to videos, I just don't have the time. I'm not the busiest person in the world, but there are just time consuming things. And I don't always have the um, the physical time to do it. And that's assuming that I'll do everything right. I don't have enough error time built in. So there's a lot of things that can that can kind of catch me slipping. And I just always feel like as soon as I go in there, they're going to turn all my lights on and sensors and be like, you know, you have 27 lights on your dashboard on. We can fix that for the cheap price of a brand new car. It's just uh, I just hate that feeling. And every time I leave the mechanic, I like text my friends. I get on my group me. I text my wife and I'm just like, if there's one thing I can regret in life, it's not knowing enough about cars to one, um, fix it myself. 
but two, know when somebody's lying to me about how hard or easy it is. And three, just to be able to set myself up to where if I need it, yeah, I might know how to do it, but I'd rather you do it for a paycheck. But then there's just so many paychecks to give out. It might not be worth it. It's just a big catch 22. There's just so much to do, not enough time and not enough money to get everything that you want right in the right spot. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do half the time. It's just uh, it's just one of those things. Besides that, I think the part that really gets me going is that it seems like for whatever struggle you have, whether it's the lawn, whether it's the housework, whether it's painting, whether it's, you know, do, doing anything. And of course, whether it's cars, it seems like everybody around you has a guy. I'm a fun guy. Have you just ever felt like you're the only one who didn't know the secret? Like, yo, you should go to this guy. You know, I got a guy and I, by guy, I could mean girl or person, or I don't mean to be insensitive, but everybody just talks about having a guy. I got a guy. You been to my long guy? Shoot, even I was saying that when I had a long guy, but you been to my, my mechanic? It's like sometimes you just ask somebody, hey, what's the best place to get tires? What you need to do is go to my guy. What you need to do is do this. My guy will do it. And it's just infuriating because 20 people want you to go to their guy. You take up two people on their guy and it's their guy. He's not your guy. He's not accepting new applications for guys. <laughs> that sounded funny, but he's not accepting new applications for people to, you know, salute his services. So now they're hyping you up, talking about, yeah, come to my guy, go to my guy. And my guy's like, I ain't got time for you. I don't know you. That's his hookup, not your hookup. So now you're in the back of the line of this guy that you don't know. You're hoping you can trust him, but he might take long. He might double charge you. He might, you know, do a lot of the labor, but get a couple extra parts. There's just so much that actually goes back into it. It's like, how do you get a guy? You're supposed to go to a guy, but then you don't have a guy. Just got to grit your teeth and bear it and then figure out where you can fit in. But I just need me a guy. I need me a guy that can be like, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, I can fix it. Um, shoot, my father-in-law has a guy. He had a couple guys, but he lives far away. Not far, but far enough away where it's inconvenient. And especially if they got to keep the car. For, you know, more than a day or two or shoot a week at a time, you know, life just catches up with you. And if you don't have a guy, you just rolling hard. Those are just some of my struggles. And I don't know, just some of the things that give me that nervous, angry, sad, depressed laughter. I'm just like, <laughs> OK, but long story short, man, if there was anything I could take back or wish that I could, I could do differently or better. I wish I had a guy. I wish I had like an all-purpose guy. You ever had somebody that was so adamant about going to their guy or their person that they like legit got mad at you if they didn't or if you didn't go to them? And they're like, you need to go to my person. I told you they're off the chain. They do everything right. I swear by them. They're the best thing ever. And you're like, all right, man, I guess I'll go to them. And then they don't pan out to be anything or they stand you up or they, uh, give you a bad bill of goods or they give you a lemon and uh, you're just so mad. Like it almost affects the friendship or the dealings of the person that recommended you. It's like, why would you put me in that situation? Why would you bring me to that person? And they're like, shoot, that's my guy. He always worked out for me. Again, that's a personal guy. It's not an everybody guy. If you know you don't have an everybody guy, don't recommend your guy. If you just have a personal guy, 
Just be happy with your personal guy. You don't even have to brag about it. Just know that you're not paying full price. You're not getting screwed and you're not having to wait a whole bunch of time. But don't invite yourself into my woes telling me about your person that I can't do uh, well with or I can't work right with and get me all flustered. Come on, man. Have some decency. I don't mean to talk so greasy about the guys. Shout out to everybody who's a guy out there for something. Whatever your talent is, you know, be the guy, be the girl, be the person uh, at whatever you do. So shout out to y'all. I'm just jealous and I'm hating because it never seems like it's me. I guess if I thought about it enough, I probably do have somebody out there who could do uh, big things. Or maybe I'm the person who can do big things for a while. So shout out to me and everybody else. But in the meantime, hate y'all. All All y'all got guys. There's a guy for everything and I feel like I ain't got none of them. All right, let's get to some uplift. So for uplift today, we're going to keep it pretty basic. We all know the saying or the parable or the phrase, whatever you want to call it. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach him a fish, he eats for a lifetime. And I think it applies here. We talked about not having the fix or being slow to fix or just wishing that we were better at fixing things. Um, But the people that got good at these things, the people that turned into the guy or the girl or the person, the people that turned into the one you need to go to started from somewhere. They started, you know, at the bottom. They started where you started. They started learning. Somebody might have been a really good teacher. Somebody might have given them all the tools to keep going, but they all had a starting point. And so we got to remember that we have starting points in our lives, whether it's physical Um, you know, through home ownership or through, you know, car ownership or through um, job ownership where we're learning things. And then eventually we we gain more skills and we use those skills to do better in our lives. But we all have a starting point and we just have to make sure that when we're at that starting point, we're learning how to fish and not just taking the fish, because the sooner we get off of that starting block, the better we'll be for it and the better we can turn around and help the next person. If we're still stuck where we're at when the next person comes along, the only thing we can do is show them what we have. And then we might be the flashy person talking about, you know, how good or bad we are, but we don't have any substance to back it up and help the next person to get those good things that we have. So we it's important that we align ourselves with people that are helping us learn the skills and not just giving us the answer or the output for us lucky ones who've learned the poem. If there's a line in there that says, if all men count with you, but none too much. So even when we're comfortable or excited or braggadocious or feeling good about being the person that everybody comes to, we have to remember that if we're the ones that they come to because nobody else can do it, then we're just as much of a hindrance as we are a help. So let's make sure that we're teaching our skills and not sitting on our talents either. I went back into the Bible there for y'all, but let's just make sure that we're doing the best we can. And part of our regret-free living is uh, imparting knowledge and tools and skills to other people so that we can all work together and get to better places so that we're not relying on bad times or we're not souring ourselves with defeat before we even get going. So take your fish, run with it, Teach the next person how to so that you're not looking at them at the starting block. Life comes at you fast. 
I'm just trying to keep up with yesterday. But I'll be back soon to unpack some more of the good, bad, and ugly. And I hope you'll join me again. And I hope you'll join me again. Because once I get out of this mechanic and get done waiting for him to tell me everything wrong with my car, and I get done talking to everybody else telling me how I should have gone to their guy, and I give one of them a chance, by the time they get done, I'm for real going to need some help trying to remember where did I park.